Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Worthing. Good morning. If you want to just stay standing, let's just, um, let's just lift our hands to him. Father, we love you. Father, we praise you. You are worthy of it all. Just like we've been singing, Father, you are worthy of all our praise, all our adoration, all our worship. Father, we exalt your name. Father, we praise your name. Father, we're excited about what you're doing in these times. Father, we're excited of everything that you want to release in these days and in this season, Father. And we just want to worship you. We want to exalt you. We want to say how great you are, God, that you are our God, that you are El Shaddai, that you are the everlasting one, that you are Emmanuel. And Father, we love you. We praise you. Come and move amongst us this morning. Come and do something new in our midst this morning, Father. Come and stir every heart, Father. Come and awaken every heart, Father. I thank you, Lord God, that there is an open heaven in this place, Father. There is a connection point from heaven to earth, Lord God. And I thank you, Father, that you want to move, that you want to touch each one of our lives this morning. Father, we worship you. Father, we praise you. You are worthy. Just stir yourself this morning. Tell him how good he is. Tell him how worthy he is. Tell him how awesome he is. Father, we worship you. That we would never come to the end of saying how great you are. That we would never come to the end of saying how awesome our Jesus is. That we love you. We serve you. It's all about you. It's all about your purposes, Lord God. We worship you. Come and invade this place, Jesus. Jesus, come and invade this place, Lord God, with your presence, with your glory, with your word, Father. Come and invade every heart and every life. Father, we worship you. We love you. We thank you. We thank you that we can be part of your plans and purposes. We thank you that we can co-labor with you, Father. We thank you that you've chosen us for such a time as this, Father. We thank you. We thank you, Lord. You didn't pass us by, but you chose us. You anointed us and you appointed us, Father. We thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Lord that the days ahead are greater than what we've seen in the past, Father. That there are rivers waiting to burst forth. There are wells waiting to be unblocked, Father. There are doors waiting to be opened in this day, Father. We thank you. We thank you for the more. We thank you for the overflow. We thank you for the abundance, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for the overflow of your spirit and the breakout of who you are, Father. We thank you. We worship you, Father. Let us align ourselves with what you are saying in these days. Let us see, Father, what you are saying. Let us run. Let us run with your word in this day and in this season, Father, that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear what it is you are doing. And we would see it and we would run with it, Father. With our faces set like flint, that we would run. Father, the days of the overflow and the abundance. Father, the days where wells get unblocked. Lord God, I thank you. 
Father, that we would see it, we would see it, we would see it, Lord, and we would run with it, Father. I thank you that there is joy. There is joy ahead. There is joy ahead with what you want to do, Father. There is joy. There is joy that the days of lack and the days of little are over, Lord God over our lives, Lord God. The days of lack and the days of barrenness are over. In your life today, you need to know that the days of lack and the days of little are over in your life. It's a new day. It's a new season of His breaking out spirit of who He is amongst us, God. Emmanuel, God in us. Emmanuel, God through us. Father, I thank you that you are Emmanuel. God with us, not God who is dead, not God who is distant, but the God of today, the God who is alive, Emmanuel, God with us, Emmanuel, God upon us. Father, we thank you for your spirit that there is a greater release. There is a greater level of what we've known before, Father, and we swing wide our arms and say, Father, we want it. Father, we want all that you have in these days. Emmanuel, God, come and rest upon us that you would be seen in our midst. And I want you to see it where rivers burst forth in the wilderness, where the pools begin to stream, where there's been barrenness, where the blind of the eyes begin to open and the ears of the deaf are opened. That you begin to see it in your life, in your town, in our nation. There is a new day and a new season of what he wants to release in these days. Your rivers of life, of who you are, God, in our midst, the joy of who you are. You love to be upon us. You love to be with us. You love to work through us, Father. It gives you great pleasure to work amongst your people. And I thank you that you've chosen each one of us. You said in Malachi, will I not open up the heavens and pour out such blessing upon you that you will not begin be able to contain it? And Father, I thank you that you are opening up the heavens over our lives, that you are opening up the heavens of promises, that you are opening up the heavens of dreams, Lord God, things we've longed for for a very long time, dreams that we've had. Lord, you're opening up the heavens, Lord God, that we would begin to believe again, to hope again in what you are saying. Father, you are opening up the heavens and pouring out your blessing in such a way that we cannot contain it. I thank you that you want to restore dreams. You want to restore things that we've longed for. And maybe we've forgotten them. And maybe we've grown weary of believing them. But you want to restore those things. You want to raise them up from the dust. I thank you and I praise you, Jesus. We worship you, God. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord God. You are good, God. You are good, God. You are good, God. We worship you, God. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you. Open your heart to him this morning. Jesus, we worship you. Jesus, we worship you. It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus.
We thank you. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Just want to take your seats. I want to read something to you from um, a book by Dutch Sheets called Intercessory Prayer. Do a bit of a plug. Um, it's a fantastic book. It changed my life. It changed my view of what I thought prayer is. And I just want you to listen to these words. When God says pray, I want to know it will matter. I'm not into religious exercise and my time is valuable. So is yours. If God is going to do something regardless of whether or not we pray, then he doesn't need us to ask and we don't need another waste of time. If it's okay, sirrah, sirrah, then let's take a siesta and let it all happen. If on the other hand, John Wesley was correct when he said God does nothing on the earth except in answer to believing prayer, I'll lose a little sleep for that. I'll change my lifestyle for that. I'll turn the TV off and even miss a meal or two. I need to know if the cyst on my wife's ovary dissolved because I prayed. I need to know if I was spared in the earthquake because somebody prayed. I need to know if Diane came out of her coma with a restored brain because we prayed. I need to know if my prayers can make a difference between heaven and hell for somebody. The real question is, does a sovereign or powerful God need our involvement or not? Is prayer really necessary? And um, that really, when I read that, it just, and read the whole book, it really hit my heart because for me, if we're going to pray, it's got to do something. If we're going to stand in the gap, if we're going to give our time to prayer, we have to know that our prayers matter and our life is significant. And I felt like this morning God wanted to encourage each one of us that your life matters, that you are significant to the plans and purposes of God, that your prayers matter more than you realize. Your prayers can make a difference between heaven and hell for somebody. Your prayers can make a difference between someone's freedom and someone's bondage, between someone's sickness and someone's healing. Do our prayers matter? Yes, they do. And it says we must begin to believe that God, in the mystery of prayer, has entrusted us, has entrusted us with a force that can move the heavenly world and can bring its power down to earth. We must believe that God, in the mystery of prayer, has entrusted us with a force that can move the heavenly world and bring its power down to earth. And when I think of prayer, for me, oh, one of the things that God was showing me, what is prayer? And prayer, yes, is our relationship with God, our connection with Him, but it is a, it is a, a channel between heaven and earth. And when I pray, sometimes I imagine myself um, as a channel. And one of the things that, that, that God was showing me was like, when each one of us pray, we become a channel from heaven to earth. We become that gateway, that connection point that his life and purposes can flow through. It says in Ezekiel 22 verse 30, So I sought for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it, but I found nobody. There is a gap between somebody's sickness and somebody's healing. There is a gap between somebody's bondage and somebody's freedom. There is a gap between somebody's 
depression and somebody's joy. And God has chosen to use us to stand in that gap, to be that person that will connect to heaven and release it into their lives. There is a gap between somebody knowing Jesus and not knowing Jesus. And He's chosen to use His body. What a privilege. What responsibility, but what a privilege that He's chosen to use each one of us to be those connection points which release heaven on earth. And um, I had a picture of, uh, how many of you seen Dennis the Menace? Okay, so Dennis the Menace uh, caused havoc wherever he went. And uh, I'm so glad I am not his parent. And he was always disrupting plans. He was causing, if you've not seen it, uh, he was a terrible child. Um, and, and he was always causing problems, always into chaos, always causing havoc everywhere that he went. In the same way, God said to me, you need to be a menace to the plans of the enemy. You need to offend the plans of the enemy. The enemy has come to kill, steal and destroy. He has a plan for depression over people's lives. He has a plan for suicide. He has a plan for sickness. And my church needs to be a menace to the plans of the enemy. Then I could see us almost running around like Dennis the Menace. And, and every time the enemy would try and plant depression, we would come and uproot it and we would put joy in its place and every time he came with sickness or thoughts of suicide we would uproot it and we would put in its place life and that we need to be a menace to the plans of the enemy where the enemy wants to come with his other plans that we would pull down the will of God into those situations that there is a different will a different diagnosis a different voice that speaks over people's lives and as his church we can begin to pull down the will of God over those situations that the enemy has a plan to steal kill and destroy but God has come that he would give us life and life in all its fullness. And it's this picture of God, you've got a will. You've got a will. And I want to pull it down over that person's life. You've got something different to say over that person's situation. And as your church, I can stand in the gap and begin to pull it down over that person's life and begin to see a breakthrough over them. And um, I want to talk to you about the story of Esther. And uh, in the story of Esther, the, the, the Jews were going to be annihilated. They were going to be put to death. And uh, she's in this position of being a queen. And Mordecai says to her, maybe you've been called for such a time as this. And later on in, in chapter 8, she says to herself, or maybe there's somebody in the room, how can I endure to see the evil that will come to my people? Or how can I sit back and just let this happen? And sometimes in life, and myself included, we can be overwhelmed by what we see. We can be overwhelmed by situations, by circumstances, by people not knowing God. We can be overwhelmed by those things. And Esther had a choice in that moment. And she said, how can I sit back and just let this happen? And I believe the voice of Mordecai uh, would say to us, maybe you have been called for such a time as this. And the voice of Jesus would begin to ring on the inside of us and said, maybe you have been called for such a time as this. That where we're overwhelmed by what we can see in the natural, maybe that's the very purpose that God has called us and God has put us on the, on the earth so that we would be called for such a time as this. 
And in the story, Esther writes a decree and she, um, she uh, with her signet ring, with the king's signet ring, they, they stamp it and they go across the land and they begin to herald and decree the, the message uh, that Esther has written. And in the same way, I felt like God was saying that he has messages for each one of you to herald. He has messages and decrees for you to herald in people's lives, in people's situations, in people's circumstances. There are messages from heaven waiting to be heralded. There are messages and decrees waiting to be heralded and released from heaven. And when the heralds went out, we know that nobody could revoke what the king has spoken in the same way that if it's originated from God, nobody, nobody can revoke that. Nobody can come against that. He is the name above every other name. He's the all-powerful God. And there are messages waiting to be released through our lives. And the enemy would have us abort our mission. That, that's his plan. He hates prayer. Um, he would have us abort our mission, abort our call. That if he can cause us to shrink back and feel that we are hopeless in a situation, then he's won. But if we choose to realize, God, maybe I've been called for such a time as this. Maybe this is why you've put me here on this earth to be a channel of who you are. Then I would rise up and not listen to the voice of the enemy. And the voice of the enemy wants to steal our authority, to steal our faith, to steal who we are in Christ so that we will back down and shrink and not move forward and see breakthrough in people's lives. And I want to talk about um, House of Prayer. And, uh, you know, we're, we're all called to be a House of Prayer. In order to be a House of Prayer, we have to be a House of Prayer individually. Um, but with a House of Prayer, God's church is a powerful force on this earth. And it says in Leviticus, five of you will chase a thousand and a hundred of you will chase ten thousand and your enemies will fall by the sword before you. There is a war and a battle going on for the souls of mankind, for justice and for righteousness. And as his church, we can come together and we can affect that. We can make a change in that situation. It says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down every argument and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. We have an authority over things that are going on. We are gatekeepers. We can allow or disallow what's going on. And Adam, well, you know, he was placed in the garden and through sin, he lost his authority. He was to uh, take care of the land, oversee it, rule over it. And he lost that authority. But through Christ, he restored it, that we would govern and we would rule with that authority. It says, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. That that is our fight against principalities, against spiritual hosts. And have you ever wondered um, why we have so many prayer meetings? I don't know if you thought that. Is it just for a group of people that just get really bored and we've got nothing else to do? Is it because we think we should have all of these prayer meetings? Is it because we gain brownie points by going to them? 
And I believe at the heart of God, we have the, because we know that it affects people's destinies. We know that it affects their lives, that our life matters, that together as a church, we can pull down principalities and powers, that there are things going on in our land that shouldn't be. And as a church, we can rise up and say, we're not having that in our land. We're not having that in our family. We're not having that in our circumstances. We're not having that. As a church, we can begin to rise up and address those things. That there is a mandate and a call by God as a church. That we have a mandate, we have a call to impact the society around us. And I was thinking about this and, you know, uh, sometimes people say to me, oh, Jen, you like praying. Obviously, that's quite a funny thing to say to me. Uh, Because really, if I'm honest, I like the sound of freedom and I like the sound of deliverance. And I like the sound of someone's chains being broken. And I like the sound of someone coming out of death into life. Do I like praying? I like the results of praying. I understand that my life matters. I understand and I often say to God, God, I will stand before you one day. And I will say to you, God, did my life count for your plans and purposes? Did it matter? Did I do your agenda? Did I fulfill what was on your heart? Do I like praying? I like the results. I like God moving through somebody's life. I like seeing deaf situations come into life. I like seeing breakthroughs. I like seeing impossible situations where God can be glorified, where God can show who He really is, that He takes an impossible situation and He begins to shine in that situation. Where there's people in bondage, I long to see the activity of God. I long to see Him move in people's lives. Do I like praying? I like the breakthrough that comes with it. And I know that it's not always easy. You know, I would love, like I would love if we could just pray once and it would happen. How many of you would just love that? You just pray once and it would just happen. But it's not like that. Sometimes it is and I love those moments. And I'm like, God, why can't we have more? Um, But it's not always like that because there are things going on that we cannot see. There are blockages, there are walls, there are principalities at work that we cannot see. And God wants us to contend for his purposes until we see them fulfilled. And I heard something recently from Bill Johnson. And he said, God is looking for a people who are zealous for his will on the earth, who will not back down, who will not give up who will not falter at the first hurdle, but they will push through until they see his will accomplished, that they have heard from heaven and they begin to release it. What is breakthrough prayer? It's hearing his heart. I love those times that, you know, you can start to pray for something. And, you know, if if we're honest or if I'm honest, sometimes I think there is no way that person is just going to, there's no way that healing is going to break forth. And I come from a place of maybe doubt or unbelief. But as I begin to connect with his heart, as I begin to let him open my eyes and my ears, I begin to see what heaven is doing. And I begin to hear what he is saying. And then I begin to release that. That, Father, as it is in heaven, so let it be on earth. Jesus said, pray, let my kingdom come, let my will be done. That as I align myself with what he is doing, I can begin to release that. 
And I was, um, I want to share a quick story with you actually. About a year ago, um, my brother, uh, so my brother's ha had a liver issue for 20 years possibly. And uh, it came to a point where he needed a liver transplant. And he, uh, so about a year ago, if any of you know my brother, uh, I got a text like seven o'clock in the morning and he said to me, hey sis, just to let you know, I'm going in for my liver transplant. I was like, what? <laughs> you did not ring me, you did not call me, you just let me know on the day, which is very my brother. And uh, so I began to, on the inside, go through all sorts of emotions, worry, it'll be okay, blah, blah, blah. And so I rang him and I said, how do you feel? He said, no, no, I feel okay. My brother's not yet a believer. And uh, I said, okay. And so that afternoon, I decided that I would just spend some time praying because I know it was a tricky operation and the size of my brother's liver was huge. And there are many people praying. So it wasn't just myself praying. There's some wonderful people in this room who are praying as well. And as I was praying, I said, God, show me, like, show me what you're doing. And uh, I remember having a picture of those, um, you know, those things that they use to bring somebody back to life? What are they called? Yes, right, so one of those things, okay, and um, I had this picture of, of that, and I thought, okay, you know when you're on your own, you can just kind of go with it, you don't really have to worry if you've got a weird picture, nobody's there anyway to uh, assess your, you know, your level of saneness, so it's okay, so I had this picture, and I'm like, okay, and I was on my knees before God, and I saw my brother, and I felt like God said to me, hit the floor, and I had these things in my hand, and um, so I, like, I hit the floor, and he goes, hit it again. And I kept hitting the floor, and I kept speaking life, life. And I had these words, life, and I hit the floor again. And um, I got up, and I thought that was weird, but it's all right. Nobody saw me, and uh, we'll just carry on doing what I was doing. And I, uh, my brother comes out of, of the operation, didn't hear very much, few complications. And uh, I go and see my brother, and he's sort of in a state of... Uh, I can't really talk to him because he's just on a load of medication. And so I thought, okay, you know, he seems to be doing well. They said he's doing all right. So then I go see him a few days later, and we're chatting away again like my brother. And he randomly slips in. Jen, I had three cardiac arrests, and I died, and they had to bring me back to life. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm trying not to look shocked. And I'm like, God, like, God, we can partner with you. We can co-partner. What a privilege. What a joy that we can co-partner. You have a different will. You have a different diagnosis. You have something else to say over that situation where the enemy might have planned something else. My God has something else to say. And we can decree that and we can release it and say we're not standing for what the enemy has. We're not giving in to what his will and his purposes are. But we have a different will and there is a greater king and there is a greater name than what is going on at this moment. And Father, we have the privilege of carrying that authority and using it to be part of your plans and purposes, to release what you are saying and to believe that if my God has said it, it will surely be. That if he has spoken it, it will surely come to pass. What a privilege, what a responsibility to do that to partner with him, that that's why we're here, that God wants you to have adventures with him, 
that God is destined that you would have adventures, that you would run. I had this picture that you would run with joy, with joy, that you would be a menace to the plans of the enemy, that where there's depression, you would bring joy and the enemy would be like, I'm fed up of you. Stop messing up my plans. But that's who he's called us to be. A city set on a hill, the light of the world, that we are salt that we are to be a menace to the plans of the enemy. And I felt like God said, do you realize the authority that you have on the earth? Do you realize that you are called to rule and govern with me? That we don't have to sit back and feel hopeless by the stuff that we see. But we can say, God, what are you saying? And begin to release that on the earth. And I'm just going to ask the worship band to come up. And I want to encourage you. Um, I was in my car a while ago and I was praying for something and I often pray in my car. My kids weren't with me that time so it was easier to, to pray. I didn't have Amelie in the back going, no, no, no. And Nathan going, what's that, what's that, what's that? Um, so it was a lot easier to pray. And um, I've been praying for a situation for quite a long time. And how many in this room have been praying for something for years? Okay. And um, this song came on and it said... And it was about the walls of Jericho. I've been around these walls. I thought surely by now they would fall. And I had this like on the inside. And it continued to say, but God, you have never failed me. And you never will. And for some of us, we've been praying for stuff for years. And maybe you've stopped praying because you thought it's not working. And every time they went round these walls at the command of God, we know on the last day they went round seven times, God was saying to me, that wall was destined to fall. Don't give up. Don't give up. If I've given you a word, the enemy would have us lay it down and, and just walk away from it. And we don't know in the story, but maybe for some of them, they were looking at these walls and they couldn't see any cracks. And they're like, God, this wall hasn't changed. I've been around this wall before and nothing has changed. But that wall was destined to come down. His word will never return to him void. And I want to encourage you to pick up that sword again, to pick up that word again and say, God, until it comes into being, I will not stop. Elijah wouldn't stop praying until he could see the cloud. And I can imagine him saying to his servant, until I see the cloud, until I see the cloud, until I see the cloud, until I see the breakthrough, until I see the heat until I see the deliverance I will not stop enemy you will not cause me to stop you will not silence me you will not cause me to sit back but I'm gonna go and contend for what God is saying and I want to encourage you that there are breakthroughs, there are miracles, there are healings that the enemy is trying to take from you. It's your fruit. It's your destiny. It's your call. And he's trying to take it from you. There are people's lives. And yes, it's painful sometimes, the journey of prayer. But there is a breakthrough that God says, if you just keep praying, if you just keep believing, it will fall. It will fall. And I want you to stand to your feet. Father, we thank you. We praise you. We worship you, God. We thank you, Father, that you've called us for such a time as this. We worship you. Just begin. 
Jesus, we love you, Jesus. Oh, we love you, God. Pick up your sword again. Pick up your sword again. Shamayande Pick up your sword again. Shamasebe There are breakthroughs to come. There are healings to come. There are salvations to come. Pick up your sword. Shamanemende Rabasekem fight. Shamo don't let the enemy steal your victory don't let the enemy steal your victory over your family over your loved ones over your sick neighbor don't let the enemy steal your victory Jesus
heart for you. That we would be a people, Father, who are on fire for you with a zeal in our hearts and a passion. Lord God, to see your will fulfilled, Father. Father, I don't want to stay the same, God. Father, move me. Move me, God. Move me from where I've been, Father, into the greater. Father, move me, God. Shamante, Jesus. Move me, God. Oh, Shamahase, I want a greater measure of who you are in my life, God.
pleasure, it's my joy to use you. To see my kingdom extend through your life, to see my power come through your life. Believe again, hope again. Run with me again. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.